Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello, and welcome to the second full day of Autumn 2022. In this episode, we'll have inspirational messages and personal stories from the EDI Breakfast and panel on global EDI and tech transfer, as well as insights from the plenary, perspectives from the far side of the moon. Embracing change, again, is difficult, but staying the same is harder and costly. Although there are some people who would like to completely forget any race aspects of the United States history that are uncomfortable for them, history has allowed us to learn and reflect on the ways of the past. Slavery was once a common legal practice in the United States. Racial discrimination was legal. Interracial marriage was illegal. Women were unable to open bank accounts, retain rights to their own patents, or any other property without a man's signature and approval. Voter suppression was normal. Discrimination against people with disabilities just bear no consequences. This list could go on and on. All these practices were once acceptable and readily supported in our society. Could you imagine if no one was willing to speak out against these injustices, influence policy, or even envision a different world? We have been able to progress because in our past, people have embraced change. And this has allowed us to elevate. We are all called to be change makers and support those who advocate for change. If everything remains the same, then there could be no elevation. This is what I call flatline. By definition, flatline means to remain static. In healthcare, it means death. To calculate elevation, you must divide the rise by the run to find the distance. So we must run the course to rise to the challenge to find the distance. It is absolutely necessary to embrace change to elevate. My final point I would like to discuss is the potential that comes with elevation and inclusion for all. As I progressed in my career, I noticed that many of the people that were on the same career track and beyond had nothing in common with me. A majority of the decision makers and leaders were still, were and still are, excuse me, are older white men. Although this has been accepted as a societal norm, we can no longer continue this practice. According to United States 2020 census statistics, the white alone population decreased by 8.6% since 2010, and the population that identified as two or more races increased by 276%. These statistics are a clear indicator that our population is changing and becoming more diverse. 
If leadership and companies do not change to reflect our growing diverse population, it will only be a matter of time before their ability to drive will be challenged. Furthermore, if we do not embrace this shifting change in our technological innovations and in the way we support entrepreneurs, we will fall behind and be even less reflective of the society um, than we are today. So how can we make strides to undo societal norms that have been in place for generations? We must focus on inclusion, break down current norms, and innovate new solutions that align with our changing population, social innovation. It is impossible to elevate if you are unable to understand the value in equity, diversity, and inclusion. We must acknowledge the inevitable changes that are happening before us and take action to ensure that we are adapted accordingly. Again, change is difficult, but necessary for growth. Growth and elevation will require some tough conversations, education, self-reflecting, networking, and some stretching. Ultimately, you are here because you see the value and you see the need for change and are capable of being change makers. I challenge each person in this room to go back into your community and connect with the organization that are actively engaged in equity, diversity, and inclusion. Analyze their action plans and get involved. And contribute your technology expertise to, their, to develop social innovations. I can attest, it will certainly be life-changing, and you will surely elevate. As I close, in honor of Black History Month, I would like to leave you with a quote. Frederick Douglass once said, you are not judged by the height you have risen, but from the depth you have climbed. So success is not determined by the position or status of someone, but the obstacles that were overcome along the journey. Let's overcome these obstacles together and make inclusion for all our mission. And as Rihanna once said, tell your friends to pull up. So I'm Natalie Kozia, Bachelor of Science, Honours, PhD, member of the Royal Society of Chemistry and Industry Director for ICAS and co-founder Get It. So I wanted to give you a picture of what it was like in the UK and what I and Angie and, and Tom see on a day-to-day -day basis. There are 1.9 million people who are black ethnic group in the UK in 2018. This is 3.3% of the population. And I want you to note that figure <laughs> as we go through this. The UK in it, and many others in Europe were the primary actors of colonialism in the world. And they have a historic and ongoing role in what the, that means to those countries and their engagement across the world. Who are the black women technology transfer professionals in the UK? Two. <laughs> it's two. Two. It's two. Two. There is one black professor in chemistry in the UK. There are 140 universities in the UK and only one has signed up to change the race, change the race ratio commitments that Tom has highlighted. 
the figures just don't add up <laughs> and, and shamefully represents the reality of what is fact in the UK and a large number of professions at every level, including leadership. There isn't an opportunity to build a critical mass because the reality is we are individual figures. We are individual people. I generally show up as most others do, motivated, positive, hardworking, eager, calm, methodical and determined. But I also experience completely appropriate emotions like sadness and anger. And that's not a function of my race. It's a function of my humanity. As a black woman, my behaviour and performance often becomes under an intense microscope where a simple expression of disagreement or criticism may be considered constructed feedback from others and is seen as raw anger or unbridled hostility by others coming, as they see it coming from a black woman. It is absolutely unnecessary and only makes the workplace more difficult for black women. What does this mean for research and innovation in the UK? In, nine, in 2019 and 2020, the UK's largest funder, UK Research and Innovation, my former employer, awarded 1.68 billion to 2,715 individuals as principal investigators. 25 identified as black. White individuals applied for a total of 4.18 billion and they received a total award value of 1.3 billion, given the award rate of 32%. Black individuals applied for 88 million and they received a total value of 7 million, an award rate of 8%. Over 244 million was awarded to research failures in 2019 20. 1,525 individuals were identified as white, were awarded a total of 119 million. There were less than five black fellows. UK Research and Innovation, as a national <laughs> Funding Agency for Research and Innovation in the UK has 8,370 staff members. There were less than five black senior leaders or directors. The total number of black principal investigators has risen from 10 in 2018-19 to 25 in 2019-20. However, the total percentage awarded to black principal investigators only arose from 0.4% to 0.3% overall. The percentage has barely changed. The figures are the same as they were 50 years ago, even at that. What we see in the sector is black women, often with racial burnout, as individuals fighting against the grain, and we are fighting against the grain, our experience is often unique. Tim Nook Gebru is part of a wave of black women working to change artificial intelligence. We all see it. Artificial intelligence is seen as the go-to research, new breakthrough research intelligence. And she was pushed out of her job out of Google after pointing out how artificial intelligence had been harmful to people of colour in what was being created in commercial products. She, she was pushed out of Google. Now she's launching her own uh, distributed artificial intelligence research industry <coughs> institute and has achieved £700,000 uh, in launching her own institute because she wasn't able to be supported by the organisation she spent a huge amount of time and impact in. This will work with AI researchers around the world with a focus on Africa and African immigration to the United States to examine outcomes of utilising technology 
For me, Tim Nett's story epitomizes the importance of race and inclusion within research and innovation. In an inclusive environment, Tim Nett herself, her views and her work in artificial intelligence would have been heard, valued and championed. In the end, she had to go out on her own in order to deliver work that we all see as the next great technology. Paris Williams. The most tiring thing is recounting your stories of racism and people then cracking jokes the next minute and expecting you to be okay. Kelsey de la Tango. I get angry because it's impossible for me not to say something, but the toll is taken that it's so serious now I can barely sound calm, collected and articulate. Dion Payne James. I'm yet to meet a black person who isn't acutely aware of their race. It's, it is what it is. Exhaustion. Why am I here today? When I dare to be powerful, to use my strength in the service of my vision, then it becomes less important whether or not I am afraid. Audrey Lord. I am Dr. Natalie Cozier, Bachelor of Science, member of Royal Society of Chemistry, and today this is my personal perspective. We should absolutely acknowledge we all have our own biases of unfamiliar and safe, and unknown and scary fun through our own life experience. I was lucky enough to have the right support and encouragement when I started out. The story hasn't been the same across my career, but not everyone has the same luck. It is just a matter of fact that if you don't see other people who look like you in everyday work and education, this becomes an unconscious blinker that inhibits those who could be future researchers and technology transfer professionals and their ability to get involved. We all have a natural tendency to show anger, fear and disgust to keep us away from things we don't understand. So the key question for me today is, how do we get more people who look like me involved in technology transfer? How do we become an agent of acceptance and change for our own behavior? How do we expand on current programs and improve access, continuation and success inside technology transfer offices and institutions for black, Asian and ethnically diverse groups? There just needs to be more of us. I'm here with Jeanette Tamayo. Jeanette, tell us where you're from. I'm with the University of Illinois System and the Illinois Innovation Network. Awesome. And what have you learned so far this morning? Well, I attended a panel on equity, diversity, and inclusion, and I was really thrilled, um, as sad as it is, to realize that so many of the experiences that we're having here in the United States in terms of women getting into STEM and STEAM and our underserved, under-resourced, and underrepresented populations um, not being able to fully participate was the experience that so many other underrepresented individuals are experiencing in their own countries, whether it was in England or in Australia or in Brazil, um, that we all had such a commonality of lived experience and that everyone's looking to figure out how to be more inclusive and more equitable. Well, thank you so much, Jeanette, for sharing that. Enjoy the rest of the meeting. Thank you so much. Based on the prep session that we had before this, um, I know is a topic that all of you have a lot to say on, which is marketing technologies. Okay. So, um, you're in the audience. I just want to see. <laughs> oh, she is. Okay. <laughs> watch what <laughs> you better watch what you said. Um, so, marketing technologies always, and, and you know, and uh, we have a, a high.
high number of new first-time autumn annual meeting um, people here, right? Um, a number of them, I know I've come across a number of them, um, are newly in marketing licensing associate positions, right? So this is the important information uh, and, and insights from this group. Uh, so marketing technologies, you know, it's a focus of, of um, li those licensing associates, university TTOs, marketing and sales 101, uh, especially for early stage tech transfer, you know, takes a bit of getting used to, right? Um, so what great points of advice uh, can you give to those folks that are out here in this room, being on that side, but now being on this side, right? What, what, what is marketing and, and sales 101? What, is, what does that mean? Right? Um, you know, marketing means a lot of things, okay? Um, so what kind of tidbits and pieces of advice, Gayleen, can, can we throw out here to this group? Oh, I think this is probably my biggest soapbox of, you know, crossing back and forth. Let's get on that soapbox. Right? And, and I, of course, blame myself, too. When I look at these things early on when I came into industry, and I would get emails or marketing things, and I would think, oh my gosh, I could take this university's name off the top of this piece of paper and put any other university's name and it would read the exact same thing. And I was guilty of doing that too early in my career. I mean, this is kind of how you learn and nobody told me early on. I would just, you know, shotgun this marketing thing to any pharma company, not even knowing that that pharma company wasn't even in that space or it wasn't part of their strategies. And so we definitely can tell when we get email introductions or something if people haven't done their homework on our company. And if that's one of the things I say, that if I were to go back 21 years, I would spend so much more time doing more of the rifle approach, so the shotgun approach, really getting to know who that partner is that I want to engage with, know what they're really looking for, know how what their, their business strategies are like, how they like to work, and then go approach them because you know, I think everybody in this audience, audience has felt frustrated with not getting information back when you send off to, you know, licensing opportunities. But I had no appreciation for the volume of stuff that comes into industry until I was there. They just simply cannot answer every single question. So the more that you can make that detailed or a reason that they want to get back to you and it shows that you've done some homework and that they really do feel like this would be a good fit and that you don't give them you know, stack of stuff to go through, just kind of like wet their palate a little bit. Um, you know, you'll be ahead of the game because I didn't do that probably till halfway into my career. Right. I think part of that rifle approach too is, is yeah. We were talking about this 25 years ago. Um, like, but part of that um, rifle approach is it's not just sending the email. It is trying to actually have the conversation. Like, I actually think your company is appropriate for this. Let's have a phone call about this. Like, that just, that is, and, and not only, they can still say no, and most likely they're going to say no, but you have built a communication and a rapport um, with that, and, and it's going to hopefully, then they'll come back to you. Yeah, I can uh, say a couple things here. You know, how many of you in the first paragraph of that one pager have background on that space? Right? Like this is, you know, I'm, let's say it's something to do with oncology and specifically breast cancer, and you're going to give me the statistics on how many people die from breast cancer. <laughs> yeah, we know that. That's why we're in this business, right? I mean, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I already know that. Thank you. Um, so I think it's important for you, Galen's point, Taylor, look at our websites, public companies like ours. 
have so much information on the website. Not only do we talk about our areas of interest, but you can see what's in our portfolio. So instantly, you will be able to see, you know, what's really of interest to us, right? So I think that's very important. Uh, and again, meetings like this, connect, we have the connect and collaborate. Pay attention to what the folks stood up there and told you yesterday and use that information, use that contact. If somebody says, I personally do not do search and evaluate anymore, I do transactions. But if somebody sends it to me, I talk to my SME colleagues multiple times a day so they get it directly from me and they will respond to you. I don't respond to you. Feel free to email me back and say, hey, I haven't heard from your company. And somebody will. I will be like, hey, my friend reached out to you. You didn't do this. So, you know, I look back. So fix that now, right? I mean, so that's that's important. Yeah. Anything else? Anyone, anyone else want to jump on this soapbox? <laughs> I'll, I'll just yeah, yeah, adjust at the last minute because I'm the old timer. I used to only use the telephone and call people. <laughs> Now, because email is so ubiquitous and the website and all stuff, it's good. I still like to search for technology at various universities, but I also think you need to call people and, and really engage. And it's harder. It takes a much longer time. But I think it'll be worth it. Agreed. I heard a discussion in a session yesterday, and I, I was holding response to this panel because I knew you would address it. Um, and someone made the comments that they sent a whole bunch of standard emails and then were commenting their next comment was and no one responded. Mm -hmm. um, and I really wanted this group to talk about the importance of a relationship. Um, the call is one, one great sort of step, right, Kathy? Um, but, you know, how important is developing a relationship long term? I mean, you mentioned sharing a minute ago, right? That's what sharing is so good at at forming relationships, and, and one of the things about talking, um, it, um, identifying that you guys track this research early, right? So you oh, already know a bunch of the stuff. Absolutely. You, you may already have a relationship with the faculty member, and we may not know that. Right? So, so our, uh, our search and evaluate team particularly, they don't come to autumn. They are pre-autumn. They are at the scientific conferences, looking at the scientific posters, looking at the scientific abstracts, and they are tracking the scientists way early on. You know, So we know when we're trying to get, let's say our strategy shifts and we need to find somebody in XYZ space, that's who we will start with first. Because we've been tracking them through multiple scientific conferences. And I think that's very important. Actually, I will give you the example, and Kirsten and I talked about this right before we came up. Uh, this is an example from the University of Maryland. Okay? Now, the deal, the startup was created after I left the university. Okay? But I remember one of the earliest meetings I went to for even the thought process behind that startup. That startup is called IonQ. And Ken Porter, I see Ken there as well, you know, can speak much more to the startup because I was not there when they created the company. Two years prior to creation of that company, NEA came to the university. And when NEA comes to the university, the provost, the president, and anybody else's about gets involved, right? And they came to us and said, you have some awesome stuff going on here. We'd like to put some money um, towards that. And of course, everybody's scrambling. Like, and to do what? 
Yeah, this is this guy. I mean, this professor had, I think, twenty or thirty million dollars in federal funding to do this research. This is quantum computing, by the way, not biotech, right? And and here we are. They're coming. We have disclosures on this. You know, we have no clue. But the conversations essentially were his publication, and this is joined with Duke. So I shouldn't give. You know, Duke should get equal credit. I guess I'm sure Robin's in the audience as well here. <laughs> so. So it is, it is, it is something that NEA tracked the publication in, I believe it was Science uh, or Nature, one of the big uh, journals, and they told us that the way that perspective was written was almost like telling a story. Okay, they saw that and they believed in that and came to the university. So science is fundamental to everything we do. Science dictates what projects we move forward and what projects we stop. It's not a random, let's pick this number and say who goes forward, right? Science is very, very critical to everything we do. But in, in just building on that, I mean, so they came early and they started building that relationship because of that science, which ended up leading to this company. And the company is what now valued at almost three, three billion. billion, not an M, yeah. with a B, billion dollars. That's exactly right. Yep. So understand that these relationships form early, yep. it takes a long time, um, and the relationships often are through the fact right? you know the research, you've read their papers, Absolutely. that kind of thing. Um, so staying on the theme of this marketing, right, which is a form of communication, but communicating and messaging is a big part of tech transfer. We do it internally, we do it upward, outward. Um, always been a challenge because it's, as we've already noted here, tech transfer is just tough to define, right? Um, and so, you know, Terry, how do we, how do we um, invest in doing this well? And why are corporations or service providers better at doing this? I think certainly corporations and service providers are for-profit companies. And so how you communicate to your marketing is first and foremost. And it is a line item. It's a big line item. And when you're a transaction-oriented organization that knows that your ideas don't get a chance unless they get into some sort of partnership agreement, that's where your focus is going to be, in, and, and that's an appropriate area to focus. So it's very difficult to create that line item and budget uh, for communications. And it's also sometimes hard to get your institution's attention as to why this should be part of their communication plan. So I think... One of the things that I've learned and not learned well enough is that it's it's very important for your communication VP or director at your institution to understand what you do and why it's critical to your mission at the institution and to get their support in spreading the word about what you are doing because sometimes that's in addition to the science, sometimes that's how the best partners find you. And I think that is incredibly important. It's important also from from your local and state government and everything else, but I think first and foremost, make sure that you have a communications plan, and that is not a simple thing to do. You're trying to figure out what things matter, what things are consistent with the university, and what types of messages will help the right Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com.
New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.